Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Objective Health. I am your co-host, Doug, and with me in the virtual studio are Erica, Elliot, and Tiff. Hello. Hi. Hello. And in the background, on the ones and twos, keeping it real, we have Damien. Hello. So today on Objective Health, we have some bad news, breaking news, although it won't really be breaking news by the time this airs, but the trucker protest in Canada has uh, apparently ended. There is uh, an article from RT, Ottawa police chief declares occupation over. <clears throat> Excuse me. At least 170 protesters were arrested on Friday and Saturday alone. So apparently the cops have gone in and completely busted it up. They were having issues being able to tow people before, but they have been towing trucks. Um, yeah, so it's a disappointing day. I mean, you know, I can't say that I wasn't expecting this at some point. Um, I didn't really think that the, the it would get to the point of like negotiations and uh, that they would actually listen to the truckers and um, actually go through with any of their perfectly reasonable demands. Um, it kind of seemed like from the beginning that this was somewhat do doomed to fail. However, I don't think it was a total failure because I think that it really got people together, really drew attention to the overt control system that we're all kind of living under at the moment. So to call it a failure, I think is, is incorrect. I do think it was successful. I think it also inspired other protests, trucker Absolutely. protests all over the world. There's one that's supposed to be coming up in the U.S. in yeah. early March. And is there one that was in Australia, mm -hmm. in France? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, those are still ongoing, too, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. There was one in Israel, too. Um, yeah, it, that's that's definitely true. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I guess all I'm saying is that um, I, I think that this was inevitable. I think that that was basically the only outcome that we could have possibly seen. Um, and I think that what might happen is you'll see Canada actually dropping the mandates the way, the way the rest of the world has. You know, they couldn't do it while the truckers were there because then it looks like they're giving in to the truckers. And they're obviously not going to do that. Um, so it it might have been that the... That you know, if the protest hadn't have happened, they already would have dropped all this stuff because I can't see Canada being the outlier, like, you know, Canada. And I can say this as a Canadian, uh, Canada just follows everything that everybody else is doing. So I really, I, I expect that, um, what we'll see is they will kind of get in line with the rest of the world. Um, at some point, although they have to put enough distance between the, um, the protests and, um, actually, making a move on dropping some of the mandates or something. But on the other well, hand, who knows? Cause Trudeau is probably a psychopath and he might just be a mad power hungry bastard and he'll just lock down even further. I thought he I was a drama I, teacher. I, I think another good thing about this protest being broken up the way that it was broken up. Not that it's good to brutalize people and smash their 
truck windows in and snatch them out and arrest them and all that stuff. But I think that a lot of people who might have been on the fence about where things are going, like they don't believe that the government could be so brutal or we're not going into a tyranny or anything like that. It probably opened a lot of people's eyes up to the realities of the jackboots of the state. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah. that's a possibility. I mean, some people are going to be asleep no matter what, but yeah. 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 Like looking at my Facebook uh, social media, what do they call it? Your Facebook wall. Uh, you'd never feed. know that feed. There we go. You would never know that, you know, anybody supported the truckers at all. It's just mm -hmm. like a constant stream of, you know, they're racists and misogynists and Islamophobes and anti-trans transphobes. Yeah, I think I think what's happened over the past couple of weeks, particularly the past five or six days where we've seen really crazy stuff going on in Canada coming from the government. So we've had bank accounts frozen. We've had, you know, companies collecting donations being frozen. We've had Bitcoin being uh, interrupted or cryptocurrency accounts and wallets being frozen. And then you've had this emergency measure put in place, which is essentially the first time uh, since wartime, so to speak. So um, there's been some real crazy stuff. And I think that if anything, it only goes further to expose to expose the establishment for, for kind of who they really are, you know, and just expose the media for what they really are, which is basically mouthpieces for the establishment. And anyone who can't see that at this point, uh, either they're in a, they're in for a very rude awakening at some point. We don't know when that is. Um, but I don't have much hope that they're going to be capable of, of, of seeing anything unless things get significantly worse in their own individual subjective domains. And I don't know when that point is. Um, but if people can't see or can't appreciate the nature of the people in power, particularly in the Canadian government at this moment in time, then, um, then, then, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to say about those people that they're, they're completely blind. Um, but for those people who were on the fence of the people who were, um, who were suspicious, who didn't quite trust their, the authorities, um, I think that, that they very much expose themselves the way that they've treated this essentially 100% peaceful protest. Um, so it has been very interesting from that front, at least. Well, what's interesting, too, is the response that it's gotten in the U.S., just from people like Bill Maher, who is a what I don't even know, celebrity or something, but he basically came out and said, you know, he understands why the truckers are pissed off. And it is like a, definitely a, the working man that's represented in that convoy. And, you know, he kind of went into how, um, you know, if you had an internet connection and a good job, the, the uh, COVID restrictions didn't really affect you very much. But if you're like working class, you know, you didn't have any other options, which is kind of surprising coming from like a celebritard type, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they ran it on Fox News, which isn't that surprising. But you could see like you were all saying like people, especially Tiff, like they're 
they're going to see like, this is the, the little guy. This is the guy that is the foundation of everything that moves around the country. You know, you don't get Amazon without truckers and uh, you don't get your food without truckers. And so it's like the, uh, the base of the pyramid, if you will. And they're just really going after them. And, and I do think it's sending a message to people who normally wouldn't be involved or interested in such a thing. Like, well, what does that mean for me? You know, as a, as a, person that's not the elitist or has unlimited funds to work remotely or order grab and go or whatever people do, you know, when they leave, don't leave their home, you know, so there's that. Well, another thing that is, has come out of all of this, um, that might be maybe starting to, uh, wake people up a little bit is the economic sanctions, I guess you could call them, that have come out of this. Um, the fact that, well, maybe we should actually play that clip um, first of, I believe it's the Ottawa uh, police chief, maybe the interim police chief. They've gone through a, a few recently. There's <laughs> um, always a telling sign, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's let's play this. I'm uh, from independent media. So I was in the crowd yesterday. Um, I was unfortunately uh, hit with some pepper spray. I just have a question. Uh, there's some video cameras that the police are using and uh, some news outlets are reporting that you're gathering intelligence with those cameras. Can you elaborate, like if the protesters at this point, uh, you know, uh, retreat and go home, uh, are they gonna be getting sort of repercussions down the road? Are you going to be sort of actively pursuing the people that you've been sort of documenting and filming who are still out there protesting? What are your plans after this, uh, after the protest is over? Thank you. It's a great question. And the simple answer is yes. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. We, we, this investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time consuming um, investigation that will go on for a period of time. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets over. And could I just ask Thank one you. more question? Can we ask a question? Yeah. So how about that? You took part in a peaceful protest and now you're going to have your bank account frozen. You're going to have criminal charges brought up against you. Like, these things are supposed to be protected under Canadian Charter of Rights, Bill of Rights, something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously they're not. Like, this. it was, like we've been saying, a, a completely peaceful protest, but despite, you know, multiple smears coming from the media. So now going out in the streets, uh, you know, engaging in civil disobedience, peaceful civil dis disobedience, is uh, now basically you can be ejected from society for taking part in that. Like, is this Canada? Honestly, it's crazy. Like this really. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, there's a no, bit of a lag there. No, it, 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 it's very interesting. It's almost like they've, 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 um, they've played their cards a little bit too early because, because I mean, 
there's many people who've been warning about this. And particularly when you look at the kind of Agenda 2030, World Economic Forum type recommendations, the technocrats, the kind of world that they are trying to push us all towards living in is this concept of having the digital ID, which we've spoken about numerous times, this kind of digitalized system, which is tracking each and every person. And you have this digital health pass, immunity passport, whatever you want to call it. And at the same time, um, the kind of uh, one world currency or the, or the digitalized currency where every transaction is tracked and monitored and kind of um, accepted, so to speak. And what we see in, in, in this respect, um, the people who have been warning about this, someone that immediately comes to mind, uh, James Corbett, for instance, uh, is essentially, you know, warning of this, this kind of reality that we'll be living in, where if you have unacceptable views, if you part- partake in activities which are deemed to be uh, unacceptable by the authorities, and that might be speaking the truth, that might be um, attending peaceful protests, that might be doing anything that the authorities deem um, that they do not want you to do, then they could realistically prevent you from spending money. They could realistically prevent you from traveling. They could realistically prevent you from doing anything, from participating in society. And what we see what is very interesting here is what we see is that there is yet there's no digital currency as of yet, but they've already started implementing these kind of measures. And it almost gives me the impression that this was maybe a little bit earlier than planned because a lot of the framework, you know, the digital currency framework and things, it's not in place yet, or at least it's not been rolled out to the public. And yet the fact that they are stepping in and freezing people's bank accounts, I mean, it really suggests, I think, that they were clutching at straws to some extent and that we're getting really threatened by this kind of, uh, mm-hmm. by this protest, uh, at least at one point. Um, but it's also kind of, I think, is some evidence of the kind of cards that they're going to play in the future um, and, and what they will do or the authorities probably at least in the Western world, not just in Canada, but I think in many of the developed nations who are following this kind of uh, trajectory, I think that this is going to be something that they do use against people who hold dissenting views. Um, And this is going to be the ways in which cancel culture moves to the next stage, whereby uh, they will be able to freeze bank accounts and they will be able to, to, um, to block travel and things like that. Yeah. And they don't just freeze the bank accounts of people who were actually participating in the protest. They are freezing bank accounts of people who donated to the protests yeah. and not just freezing their accounts. Um, there's some people might have their business insurance policies canceled. Like a lot of these truckers, they are, they own their own trucks. That's their business. They're independent drivers. And if they can't get business insurance, like how are they going to operate as a trucker after this? But uh, the there's, I guess, the big five banks in Canada. I mean, they're going to be protected from being sued. So if you try to go after them for illegally freezing your account, there's really no recourse. Yeah. I like the vaccine. <laughs> Yeah, and it is so rich that this is being enforced 
by a police force who is not mandated to take the vaccines mm-hmm. onto the truckers who are mandated. So that just goes to show who the police are really on the side of. Yeah, it's 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 been insane. Um, in that, uh, what it, it's not even like you said, uh, it's not even the protesters. Anyone donating money to the protesters? Anyone on 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 the just even kind of um. Uh, supporting the truckers, right? They may not even be um, actually protesting, but simply providing them with resources, you know, bringing food, bringing fuel, donating, um, you know, any kind of uh, help that they can give. They're not necessarily stood there or sat there in their trucks, um, but they're just providing support to the movement. Uh, They're also being targeted. Yeah. Yeah, well, there was an article actually up on SOT. Ontario government staffer out of a job after $100 donation to Ottawa blockade. So it's basically talking about how there was uh, an Ontario government uh, worker. What was she? Her name was uh, Marion Isabeau Ringut. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, Well, maybe there's a bit of backstory to this, so maybe I should cover that first. But uh, basically, uh, there was a data breach of um, the Freedom Convoy donation uh, page on Give, Send, Go. Uh, And basically it was hacked. And all the people who donated to the trucker convoy um, were, had their information doxxed. So anybody who sent them anything from like five bucks up to, you know, you know, a thousand dollars or whatever had their information put out there. Um, and as a result, people are starting to see consequences of this. Like this information was supposed to be private. Realistically, you should expect to be able to keep your information private where you, what charities you're donating to, or, um, what causes you're donating to is not really, uh, uh, anybody's business. It's not a matter of public record. Um, so anyway, um, there's been a lot of repercussions of this and we can maybe go more into that, but I'll, I'll keep up with the, the, the story I started with here with, which was, uh, this Ontario government worker um, has been fired, essentially. Um, it, they just put out a statement that said, Miss Isabeau Ringuet uh, no longer works for the Ontario government. This was uh, Doug Ford's spokesperson who said this. Uh, we are not commenting further um, as this is a staffing matter. Um, but she has come forward and said that it's because she gave a $100 donation to the Give, Send, Go uh, thing. So, um, yeah, and there's been there's been other issues as well. Other government workers who who gave money to it. Um, there's a lot of Americans who gave money to it, and Trudeau has uh, indicated that they're going to go after them as well. Um, yeah, and there is actually a guy who's claiming to have hacked uh, Give Send Go. He's the one, and you know we're not going to play it now, but. Um, if you're looking for it, you can go to RT that had a, an article called Cyber Terrorist Boasts About Hacking Freedom Convoy Fundraiser. And you can watch the video of him, and he is, like, insane. He's a, a, a like, full-on certifiable, screeching-at-the-camera, megalomaniac, insane person. Um, talking he about how he... like he's some kind of Batman villain. That's yeah. how bizarre it really this is. whole thing is. Yeah. But he said he hates the truckers and he did this on purpose and he'd do it again and blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? You can't do anything to me. Um, I don't know if it's true. Like, you know, I guess anybody could, you know, 
start up a, 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 a live video thing and start claiming that they were the one who did such and such. But um, nonetheless, uh, this, this, this whole thing has been quite disturbing. Um, the, uh, the press uh, got a hold of um, all the names of the different people who have been uh, who gave donations and have been harassing people. Um, they have been uh, taking these docs names and contacting people and asking them for a comment. I see that you donated fifty dollars to the uh, Give Send Go uh, Freedom uh, Convoy fundraiser. Uh, do you have any comment on why you did that? You know, just basically harassing people, um, scolding them. You know, in a sense, exposing them. Um, which is another, it's despicable. Like, how can these journalists call themselves journalists? Like, that's not journalism, right? That's, that's activism. That's basically trying to um, change people by shaming them, you know, threatening them with um, exposure. So it's been crazy. Well, it's similar, just... similar too to what happened in the U.S. on January 6th, right? Yeah. If they can deem people domestic terrorists for exercising their right to gather and protest peacefully. And now Canada is having their January 6th event, right? You can just tell by the language that they were using, oh, it's an insurgency, oh, it's an occupation. You know, instead of uh, addressing the grievances, these are working class people, farmers, families, like they, they want equality and freedom and, you know, normal things that people want when they work hard for a living. And, uh, to paint them with that domestic terrorist brush. I mean, as Tiffany was saying, you know, they're about to have from California to New York, a trucker convoy. I mean, same principle will be applied, right? They're going to monitor cell phone, possibly banking, all that too. So they're, it's like they're planting in the mind of the general public, think twice before you participate in such a thing, right? Because there will be consequences for your disobedience. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I just wanted to add about the hacker. So the guy, um, his name is Aubrey Cottle. Now, there's a video of him saying that he he was the one who who hacked uh, Gifts and Go, uh, among other websites, including Parler, Gab, and Truth Social, which is a media platform, I believe. Um so this particular guy watching the video, I mean, he seems very somewhat deranged, you know, uh, some kind of personality disorder going on there. I'm not sure exactly what, but very strange indeed. Extremely strange to, to watch. Um, now, I did a bit of research into this guy. It turns out that he he's a self-proclaimed cyber terrorist and, and, and he is actually pretty famous. Um there's good reason to think that he he was actually one of the founding members of the uh, the activist group or the hacktivist group Anonymous, which was back in the early 2000s. I don't know if anyone remembers those. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. So 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 there's several other hackers who who have who've, who've said that this guy was one of the founders of Anonymous. He himself has said that he was he was one of the founders um, and and towards the beginning, I mean, when I was following them back in the you know the early days, it seemed like a really cool thing. They were taking on the neocons, you know. They were anti-imperialist, anti-government uh, intervention. 
Uh, whereas now it would seem as though they've gone the exact opposite way. And, and it's ironic because this Aubrey Cottle guy, he proclaims that he is a, um, that he is fighting for equality and freedom. Um, and that he's also fighting against authoritarian government regimes and intervention into, into people's lives. Uh, it would seem that by, 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 by doing this, he is acting uh, on behalf of the government, yeah. whether knowingly or not. Um, really a major disservice to a genuine movement. Um, and I believe not only did he basically dox a lot of the people, so leak their details, um, you know, to, to the public. Um, what he also did, I believe, I think he was also responsible for Give Send Go, um, the, uh, the, I think the site went down yeah. temporarily and the campaign on there, uh, he changed a lot of the details so he basically just like completely smeared the whole campaign saying this is to fund racists and blah, 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 blah. And that was kind of swiftly, swiftly fixed. But at the same time, he caused lots of issues for this, uh, for this platform. So this guy, a real scumbag, real piece, piece of work. Um, and, and it's really interesting because Give, Send, Go at the time of this article, which was only written on Thursday, the 17th, uh, the uh, the guys over at Gibson Go have said that they have not heard anything, any investigation into the hack. They've not had any officials get in contact with them um, about this particular individual. And it doesn't look like this Aubrey Cottle, who's this professional hacker, has had any repercussions whatsoever, despite it being completely against the law. Um, so again, it really demonstrates that when you're acting in favor of the government, they they will happily turn a blind eye and even, you know, and even help you break the law. But um when you're when you're peacefully protesting outside, then they'll then they'll give you the full brute force of the law. Uh so yeah, completely um uh what's the word? Yeah, uh a real scumbag this guy is. Yeah. Definitely. And it's, you know, it's not really actually that surprising, you know, all the people like all the socialist Marxists who are out, out there who are, you know, always talking about the rise of the proletariat, they have to come together and rise up. It's like, that's what you have right here. And where are they on the trucker protests? They're smearing it. Oh, those are racists. Those are misogynists. It's just so stupid. It's like, anyway, I thought another interesting thing I wanted to mention, um, so in that article we were talking about before, Ottawa police chief declares occupation over. At the bottom, there's a paragraph that I just wanted to read. U.S. Congresswoman Yvette Harrell promised on Saturday to introduce legislation that would provide Canadian protesters with asylum, comparing Canada's, quote, heavy-handed crackdown against peaceful protesters to that of, quote, an authoritarian regime like Venezuela. Carol said Canada's response to the protests were not the action of a Western democracy and called the country, quote, the embarrassment of the free world. Can you imagine Canadians getting asylum in the U.S.? Can you Boy, imagine? have things changed. Like, well, what about when the U.S. citizens are going to need asylum? Yeah, where are they going to go? Exactly. Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, everybody just keeps on going further south. We'll all end up getting <laughs> asylum in Argentina at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, another wacky thing about this protest is that they're coming after people's pets. Like if you were participating in this protest and you got arrested and you happen to bring your dog spot with you to the protest, the police are saying, "Um, we don't know if you didn't care for your animals because you decided to participate in this protest. We're going to put your animal in protective care for eight days and you're going to have to pay for it. And if you didn't make arrangements, we don't know what's going to happen. You just gave up rights over your pet. I mean, how much of an asshole move is that? Yeah, totally. (laughs) They said their wording was after eight days, if arrangements are not made, your animal will be considered relinquished. What that means exactly. I don't know. Um, And in fact, I saw there was a bunch of tweets actually pressing them for it. Like saying, what does that mean? Relinquished. What does that Mm -hmm. mean? And they weren't giving an answer, as far as I could tell. Um, but it probably means they're going to go into the, um, uh, I don't even, what do you call that system? The, the shelter? Uh, shelter, yeah, like humane society, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, then from there, if it doesn't get adopted, we all know what happens to pets um, who are in that system. So it's just, like, that's just so evil, you know? It's like, you know, they, they were just using every underhanded tactic in the book to try and um, get people to leave. You know, if you get arrested at this thing, we're going to kill your dog. How do you feel about that? Yeah. That's what we're going to do. They were threatening to, to take people's kids away as well. If yeah, so I was just going to say that in addition to your pets, you know, what what is it in one of the articles we read about how Ottawa police moves in on protesters some, some among this group reportedly brought their children along, prompting police to warn that they will take these kids to a quote-unquote place of safety. Mm. Yeah. And don't forget that Canada is the place where they will take your kids away if you don't use the right pronouns for them. So they'll do it. Anyway, kind of a sad day to see all this go down. Like I said at the beginning, I, I, I wasn't not expecting this, but nonetheless, it's sad to see that uh, that this show of force of people power um, has come to an end. Who knows, though? It might spawn to something else. You know, the uh, I wouldn't say that the sentiment is going anywhere. So we might see uh, more coming from people in the future. Yeah, um, what I would say is that there's some rumors going around on Twitter. There's some people talking about how the battle has been lost, but the war has just begun, right? So one one way in which they could potentially move next if they, if they kind of have the manpower... Uh, A rumor that's going around is that what they might do, which I think would be much more effective personally, is just stay at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just refuse, you know, claim COVID. So you've got COVID, so you're poorly, whatever. Just don't go to work and just don't drive a truck. The problem is, is that you would need a, a critical mass of people to do that. And maybe at this point they could have that. It's it's not sure. I mean, even during this this whole protest thing, um, there were there were commentators who were saying, like, look, guys, you should really consider doing this instead. Uh, it means that you know you've got more protection in that respect. 
there's a lot more protection for you to do that. It might not be as, as a kind of immediately effective, but if you get enough people to, to protest in that way, that would have a, a kind of potentially have a similar effect or it would at least cause some kind of a disruption. Um, so yeah, there's talk about that happening. I'm not sure whether that that is going to happen. I would really like to see some kind of initiative, you know, some other variation of what they've been doing because they've got a lot of support globally. Even, I mean, even several governments, you know, leaders, world leaders from other countries around the world have expressed their kind of solidarity with this movement. You've got some big names. Of course, Western politicians will condemn it because they're forced to, but many of the people, many of the people are in support of this. So, you know, they've, everyone's watching and it's really unfortunate what's happened, but, you know, it's the spirit that counts and the government can do all that they can to physically restrain the people, which is what they've been doing. And they've been such low blows, you know, with the dogs and the children. I mean, how evil can you get? That's just pure, absolutely evil. And it's really dirty as well. It's extremely dirty move. I mean, you can tell if they're, if they're, if they're kind of doing that stuff, they were getting a little bit, um, I think, I think it was demonstrating, uh, what's the word they, they were, they were kind of running out of options. So desperation, they had to re- desperation that's it, right? Des- desperation. They had to resort to brute force and that's what they did. Um, and they probably would have liked not to, but whatever, that's how the cards were played. And so it's, it's kind of exposed, um, the, the modus operandi or the way these kind of people operate, uh, how can people, you know, there's got to be other creative ways to send a similar message and make the same, you know, get the same message across, um, in, in, in a way that's possible now. You know, you can, you can, you can lock people up physically. You can take the dogs, you can bloody tow their trucks. You can put them out of work, but you can't crush their spirit. That's the most important thing. Or they're trying to crush people's spirits, but clearly it's not worked, right? It's not worked. And if anything, they might've actually pushed people in the opposite direction and given them more momentum. That's what we would, I'd like to see that actually these, these actions have just worsened the position that they were originally in and they've, they've converted more people to the cause. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit optimistic, but it wow. was, it was, you know, heartwarming to see what they've been, they, they, what they've been doing over the past three weeks. And you know, if it is just um, a walkout, it could be go well beyond the truckers. If you did, if it, everything, everybody, all just imagine everybody. how effective it would be if not only the truckers stayed at home and refused to go to work, but anybody who is for freedom stayed at home and <laughs> refused to go to work. Yeah. Like a worldwide strike. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all going to have our bank accounts frozen as being insurrectionists now. <laughs> Wasn't our idea. We were just talking about it as a point of interest. All right. Well, I think that is, we're up on our time now. So I'm going to say goodbye for today. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and do all the other things that you do on your social medias. Uh, And we will see you on the next show. Bye. Bye. Bye.